This is Freelance Feels, conversations about self-employed life, a podcast for anyone who is freelance, self-employed or runs their own business. This episode, I talk to the founders of freelance platform Harlow, Samantha Andel and Andrea Wilt. We talk about how they manage creating their business through the pandemic, as well as living in different states in the US. Their advice for people who want to join or create a community for freelancers themselves, how they bring self-care into their routine, and why you might want to now start keeping some bath crayons next to the tub for when you have a bath. You can find out more about Freelance Feels at freelancefeels.com. There's also a newsletter, freelancefeels.substack.com. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, please do rate and review it. And now over to Samantha and Andrea for their words of wisdom. Welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. It's another transatlantic episode today. I'm speaking to Andrea and Samantha from Tarlow. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Hi. So I'm, I'm really excited because before we started recording, I knew you guys were over in the States, but I didn't realize you were in different states. So we have a lot to unpack about running a business together, not being in the same place, how you started everything. So I'd love it if you wanted to begin by introducing yourselves to the listeners and, and telling us where you both are. Um, Andrea, would you like to go first? Sure thing. So I'm Andrea Wilt and I am located in San Francisco. So I've been here for about 16 years, 17 years. And as you'll find out, Samantha and I have been working together for over about eight years now, and we have never been in the same location together. So we've always worked, uh, worked in different places together. Interesting. Ah, and, and so you're in San Francisco and Samantha, where mm-hmm. are you? I am actually up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So it is a little resort town up near Canada mm-hmm. um, before. And I've been here for probably five, going on five years, maybe. And before that, um, I was actually in Seattle. So kind of all over the West Coast. But yeah, Andrea and I have never, never worked from the same place. But you met when you were working together. Is that right? You first yes. met before you started Harlow. You met you were working for the same company. Yeah, exactly. So this was eight or nine years ago now, um, Andrew and I were both working for a company called Campaign Monitor. And Campaign Monitor was actually based out of Sydney, Australia, mm-hmm. but they opened up a San Francisco office. And so Andrea worked in the San Francisco office. I was in Seattle at the time. And so I actually worked remotely. Still at that point, um, I was kind of one of those early remote workers that mm. just somehow wiggled my way into working remotely. <laughs> um, but, but that's where we met. Excellent. And so how did it come to be that you decided to start a company together? I guess there's two questions there. How did it come to be? And also tell everybody about Meet Harlow. What is Meet Harlow for those who might not have heard of it? Yeah. So after Campaign Monitor, Andrea and I actually left and founded our own boutique consulting firm um, called Interimly. So all of that is just really a fancy way of, a fancy way of saying that we decided to freelance, but together. together. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so when we were running into Rimley and we were free, freelancing and we were working with clients, you know, we were constantly trying to figure out um, how to best organize our business, how to send proposals and contracts, how to get paid. And we went through multiple processes. We tried it a number of different ways. Some things worked fine. Some things didn't. Um, but the more we started talking to actually our peers and other freelancers, you know, marketers and writers, designers, social media consultants, all of these people that we worked with on all of these different projects, mm. it really became clear that there wasn't really 
a fan favorite tool out there. So everyone was actually managing and organizing their business differently. And some people were using like seven plus tools, right? Yeah. <laughs> and all of I those hear this tools, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all of those tools were different tools too. Like the same set of tools wasn't even consistent across the board. And so, you know, we, we kind of took a step back at one point and we saw that we were all facing these same pain points, but there wasn't really like a leader that was solving these pain points for the community or really there wasn't really a tool that was built for the community by people who understood it deeply. Um, So that's when Andrew and I, we decided to create the solution. Amazing. And where did the name come from? Was that something that you came up with together or was that inspired by one or one of the other of you? No, we came up with it together early on when we started thinking about Harlow. We just, we really care deeply about the community. And so we wanted to invest heavily in the community in terms of creating content and resources. And with that, creating a brand that's, that's very empathetic. And when we thought about how we were going to name the company, we actually wanted a name that was a a human name. I mean, As you know, freelancing can be really isolating and lonely. And we really wanted Harlow to embody like a a resource, a friend, a pal, somebody that's there with you in your journey to help you. And so that's, that's kind of how the name came to be. Brilliant. And is it somebody, is it a name that you both know for some reason or is it just a name that goes? Yeah. No, we just, we went through a brainstorm early on, came up with all of these different names that we thought could be a really strong empathetic business name but also could you know represent a human in a conversation mm. and we just landed on harlow which is funny because it actually wasn't our first choice <laughs> um, we had a couple other names that were our first choice but um once we started working through it and you know developing our branding harlow just stuck and now i mean i can't imagine it being called anything else no the people often think you're both called harlow Right. <laughs> I'm Samantha so Harlow Andrel. This is Andrea Harlow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, expect some name changes. I normally get married yeah, right. with a name, maybe. But you're gonna do it of <laughs> yeah, and I guess I guess also to take a step back um, mm. and tell you what Harlow actually is and what it does, and obviously we we kind of described how we got here, but Harlow really at its core is built for freelancers. So think about writers and designers, marketers, business professionals um, to manage their business and their clients. So it covers everything from locking in new clients with proposals and contracts, getting paid for the work that you do, and then everything in between. So time tracking, task management, project management, all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the goals for Andrea and I was to really bring all of these elements that freelancers need to run their business into a really simplistic platform. So to keep it really simple, really easy to use, but make it just easier for a freelancer to go to one place to manage and do all of these things. Yeah. Because you're so right. I hear so much from freelancers saying, well, I use this software for this, and then I have my accounting software, and then maybe they're part Uh of the community where they manage to do, they connect with people, et cetera, et cetera. And, And then you sort of go... It's like going to 10 different gyms though or something, isn't it? It's almost like, well, why would you do that? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's, I think it can be hard too for freelancers specifically to put themselves in this business owner mindset Mm. because they're not always looking at like their business holistically somewhere, right? There's like pieces of it all over the place. And so I think that's another thing that we're trying to help with is to get freelancers into this one place to manage their business so they can see that they are actually 
a business owner, they're building something. Like there are so many elements that, you know, they're managing. And that's so cool that this is like a one person business that, you know, so many people are creating and building. Yeah. And what kind of people do you have? What, who, are, who are the kind of people that, that join Harlow? Andrew, who do you have on there? Yeah, they're, um, so we're really trying to help freelancers that sell into businesses. So, you know, those individuals that are selling consulting services, whether it be, you know, a lot of marketing services, so writers, um, social media marketers, demand gen strategy, but also like HR professionals, mm-hmm. um, all kinds, all kinds of consultants, to be honest with you, or freelancers. Um, it's funny, everybody identifies a little bit differently. Some people are like, I am a freelancer. Others are like, I am a solopreneur or I am a consultant, but. Um, it's interesting. But- come up, it comes up repeatedly, but it's come up recently on social media. And someone said, I hate the word freelancer because it, it's got this idea of being associated with like the Knights of the realm in the, you know, in France and England, when they were like, they'd go to the highest bidder. And I always thought <laughs> it was about the idea that these Knights didn't belong to a master. They were right. Free. Yeah, some people absolutely hate the word freelance. They think it sounds like almost demeaning and like they just do any old job. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a shame for freelance feels now, but <laughs> right. employed feels didn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> well, yeah, Andrew and right. I have been talking about this. We've been talking about this a lot because, mm. you know, freelancing did until recently have a negative connotation attached to it. Mm. You know, Andrea can tell you, and I'll let her tell her story. She's freelanced three different times in her career, but, you know, people used to not take the word freelance seriously. Mm. Oh yeah. I mean, for years, my parents were like, do you, are you going to get a real job? I'm like, this is a real job. (laughs) Yeah. I'm getting paid. I'm making money. I'm building this business for myself, but you know, freelancing wasn't widely talked about in the media. It wasn't really wide, widely talked about even in-house at corporations. Right. Mm -hmm. When Andrea and I, you know, eight or nine years ago, when we were working at campaign monitor, we wanted to bring on a group of freelance writers so that we could scale our content program. Mm-hmm. and actually designers as well at the time. And we got so much pushback internally because the thought was freelancers are not going to do a good job because they cannot know and understand your brand as well as somebody in-house can. And so Andrea and I really fought against that. And we ended up hiring you know, a number of freelancers that were instrumental in growing oh, yeah. our marketing programs mm-hmm. and growing the business. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that was eight or nine years ago and it wasn't widely accepted. And yeah. I would say that campaign monitor was a fairly progressive company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny, isn't it? Cause you sort of think, well, actually freelancers could potentially understand your brand better because they're really focused in on the brief and the concept and everything that goes with it. You know, it's, it's the freelancers bread and butter to know the brand. Otherwise, you know, they're not going to be able to do the work. So but arguably, right. Plus, yeah, they have all this exposure to all these other brands also. So they're bringing in different perspectives that I feel like when you're in house, you can get very myopic, mm. right? Like this is the way that we do it. And then you bring in some, some outside perspectives that have been working with all of these different companies saying, Oh, yeah. well, this is what I've seen successful over here, over here. And it, that's huge. Like that's a great value to an organization. Yeah. And you talked about that's- community there and the idea of building a community I guess there's two women who were working remotely and then working remotely and running the same business and being self-employed. Why is it so important to have a community as a freelancer? I mean, obviously I have my own answer to that question, but I'd love to know why you guys feel so passionate about community helping freelancers and being an integral part of our working day in many ways. Yeah, this is, I mean, honestly, for a freelancer to build a community, it's typically the biggest piece of advice that I give to anyone who asks. And 
I think there are a number of reasons, you know, Andrea mentioned this earlier, but like working for yourself can be very isolating. Mm -hmm. You're not always getting those affirmations or the acknowledgements that you might be used to. And again, you might not be used to that if you didn't have a good mentor <laughs> or boss who, who was giving that to you. But, you know, when you're working for yourself, you really don't have anyone around you on a day-to-day -day basis where you are that's, you know, supporting you. And so I think building a community can help you do a few things. Yeah. You know, one, it just helps you be like, you know, whether it's a keyboard away, you know, most of our community is online, mm -hmm. right? I think mm -hmm. we all know that, but, you know, it gives you people who are keyboard away, who can empathize and understand your pain points. You know, a lot of the times maybe our spouses or our friends or even, you know, other people that we're around don't really understand what it's like to manage your own business and manage all these clients and, you know, want to get paid on time, all these different things. So I think that's one big reason. I think the second thing is, you know, having a group of people to cheer you on yes. when you have a big win. So, so you know, yeah. going, going back to like, let's, let's say it's just about getting paid. Say somebody pays you the day that you send out an invoice. People outside of freelancing do not understand what a big deal that is and right. how cool that is, right? <laughs> like that is a win in itself. So having people to like celebrate that with you is incredible. And I think the third reason for me is just having a community to inspire you. So no matter what field you're in, you know, we all feel lost from time to time. We all feel down from time to time. We get stuck in a rut. We don't know how to get out of it. And really surrounding yourself with people who are building their business and trying all these different things and talking about it can be really inspiring when you're feeling stuck to help yeah. you get to the next level. Yeah. Oh, that's really, oh, I totally relate to all of that. That thing about when someone pays it and you might normally at work you turn to the person next to you or even if I mean yeah. my partner's self-employed and but if I go run to him it's like I can't run to him every time something happens you want to tell different people and yeah that cheerleading yeah. is so important isn't it would you totally. agree with those Andrea or do you have more more reasons absolutely I mean I the other one for me is just advice mm. you know how do you deal how do you deal with those clients that don't pay you <laughs> Yes. You know, how, um, what's the easiest way, like, you know, to manage your proposals or to I, just like to kind of these different small little nuanced things about your business that you don't have anybody else to ask. And there isn't, there isn't a playbook. There's not a corporate playbook on how you manage your freelance business. So you have to come up with it all on your own. And so I think it's just super helpful to have other people that can say, Hey, this has what worked for me. This didn't work for me check this out yeah totally. and, and what are the pain points for you what have been your challenges because I guess it can all seem very glossy when you run a community and that you've got it all sorted and you know what you're doing because you're running the, you're running the website <laughs> you probably don't have any challenges to your mental health or day-to-day -day <laughs> what what comes up for you that that sort of is is on the, the pain point and challenge side that you've had to to kind of work with and, and move forward with well, boundaries is the big one. Sam and I talk about this a lot and I'm just first, going. First thing that came to mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've I'm, been deeply um, going through this lately because my, um, my toddler was sick and then daycare shut down due to COVID. And so we've been, and my partner is in sales and it's the end of the quarter. So we've been juggling child and work responsibilities. And um, yeah, it's just been, a, it's been really, really hard. Um, so setting up, setting up kind of boundaries between 
personal life and work life and even within my personal life and stuff has been, has definitely been a challenge. Yeah. 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 And Sam and I work on that a lot. We do. And if you think about it, we've been working on it for years. So even, you know, when Andrew and I were running interimly, this is one of the first things that I think we really had to address because, you know, we obviously left campaign monitor for a very specific reason. And it was because we wanted more flexibility and autonomy. And so Andrew and I went out to build interimly with flexibility in mind, right? Like we're like, hey, we're both having this discussion. We agree that we wanna make time for other things that matter, whether it's family or friends or hobbies or self-care or paddleboarding or golfing or running, whatever it is, we wanna make time for the things that matter to us at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we first started freelancing, Um, You obviously get very hungry to get clients and build your business and make more money. And so from the very beginning, we kind of gave into what our clients wanted and how they wanted to communicate and when, when they wanted to have meetings, all of these things. And so we found ourselves really having to take a step back and say, okay, we have meetings every day of the week. Now we don't have the flexibility, you know, we were constantly preparing for a meeting and then having a meeting and then doing the follow up from a meeting and then trying to get into a space where we could think strategically and then trying to get to a place where we could actually execute on work and then doing it all over again every single day. And so we were like, all right, we have to figure out a better way to do this. And I will say, um, you know, I think everyone can run their freelance business differently. And so not everything that like, you know, I suggested that worked for us is going to work for everybody, but a few things that did work for us, And it sounds really simple. And we've been talking about this a lot lately, but we actually started scheduling all of our meetings on one day of the week, which was incredible. Mm -hmm. We designated Tuesdays as meeting days, put all of our client meetings on that day. When we would have a discovery call with the client, we'd say, Hey, we, we have our weekly meetings on Tuesdays. Does that work for you? I don't think we ever had somebody push back and say, no, Mm -hmm. everyone all of our clients made it work. We put all of our meetings on Tuesdays. And that honestly, it kind of transformed our freelance lives. Wow. It's it such a simple Tuesdays, little move, isn't it? But it, so yeah. simple. Yeah. And Tuesdays sucked. Not going to lie. Tuesdays yeah, were really, really hard. That's potentially it's a, a lot, lot of meetings. Meeting. Yeah. There was a lot of meetings um, and it was just a lot of being on, but, and you know, Monday was prepping for all of that. Tuesdays were the meetings, but then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday were glorious because it was heads down work. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cause meetings and on are, our terms. Exactly. I was going to say meetings are one of those things. It's like when people email you and it's like other people's agenda landing in your world, someone else yep. said, we have a meeting on Thursday and they're thinking, well, actually I was planning on doing some other stuff on Thursday. But then you think, well, I don't want to lose the business. I'll have the meeting with them. I'll do that other stuff on Friday. And then it repeats. And actually, you're not on your own agenda at all. Suddenly, you're on the agenda of all the clients, aren't you? It pushes things around yeah. too much. Exactly, exactly. And I think that's, that's one of the things that Andrew and I also had to work on was being specific with our clients around how and when we would communicate because we also were not good at this. Um, we would often go into like our client Slack instances, which sometimes is fine and it's necessary and good conversations happen there, but it gave us both this feeling that we needed to respond immediately to be doing like good work and to be good, to be a good partner for them. And so we found that, yes, if you go in with the expectations that you're going to respond immediately, that is what a client wants. But if you explain to them that that's not the way that you work, 
that you're actually not on Slack all day because it cuts into your productivity and you actually want to be able to do good focused work for them outside of Slack. You know, if you have a conversation with them, you can set those expectations early on and that can really help. Yeah. Yep. There's, there's an element of that, what they call presenteeism there as well, isn't there? That they want to be able to see you. We're having this a lot yeah. post-pandemic in the UK, and I don't know if it's the same over in the States for you guys, but the idea that lots of remote freelance jobs that were freelance and remote in the pandemic are now what we expect you to be in usually London or at least two days a week in the office. And you're like, but why? Because for the last 18 months, you haven't been able to have that. And it is almost yeah. about sort of, well, I need to see what you're doing. I need to see that you're there on Slack or see that you're there in the office. And that's sort of almost a trust element as well that pushes back onto freelancers as well. Do you find that? 100%. Yes. And I think, I think that's really interesting because if you're hiring a freelancer or you're hiring an employee, you should understand like the value of the work that they're doing and how it impacts everything else around you. Right. Yeah. So it's really not about how long things take you and whether you're sitting in front of your computer from nine to five mm -hmm. or whether you're in an office or whether you're in a coffee shop, it's about the work that you're doing and the fact that you're working hard and that you're adding value to an organization. And I think it's really interesting if people can't identify value, if somebody's not in the office. And if that's the case, maybe that role needs to shift or maybe there's a different job that needs to be done, or maybe they should take meetings off people's calendars so that they can get more done and provide more value, whatever it is, right? There are a lot of other ways to assess performance of an employee or a freelancer rather than directly seeing them. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. Because did this come up for you both in the pandemic as well? This must have been a bit of a shift for you there because obviously everybody went into lockdown. So like we were saying, suddenly people couldn't. And then perhaps some, some platform like Harlow went, hold on, we can really help because we're used to this. Did you find that you sort of almost, it helped the business in some way? I don't know if you want to answer that one, Andrea. Well, we, um, we started building Harlow during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So we were still, when it started, we were still running internally full time. Ah, cool. okay. and, yeah. and actually it was interesting because everybody kind of locked down and businesses were very scared. We actually saw our business boom at that point in time. Um, I think we lost one client who was, you know, tightening budget. And then otherwise we actually had a lot of, a lot of inbound. Mm. Um, so it, we um, actually, this weekend is officially our one year anniversary oh of founding goodness. the business. Yay. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. So we did all of this during, during the pandemic. I think I mentioned before it started, Samantha and I haven't actually seen each other face to face in over in about three years now. Yeah. But I think, you know, I think the interesting thing with remote work during the pandemic and why I feel some people's pain points is because, you know, Andrea and I worked remotely before the mm -hmm. pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I, I won't speak to Andrea because she can describe her workspace to you right now. But, <laughs> you know, for me, for me, I have, you know, I have an office that I've established, you know, I know that everyone listening can't see, but there's, you know, there's art in the background mm -hmm. and it feels good. And it's my space. Yeah. It's where I'm productive, you know? So I had the opportunity to choose to go into remote work and to create a space in which I work really well. And I know a lot of people that got thrown into remote work during the pandemic mm -hmm. didn't have space or maybe were living in a one bedroom apartment and their partner was as well. And they're both trying to work remotely or, mm -hmm. you know, maybe they had kids at home, you know, there's all these different things. And so, you know, re remote work is interesting because if you really embrace it and create the space, I think it can work extremely well but it can be really hard if you don't have that. Yes. yes. I mean, I work in the laundry room. 
So (laughs) (laughs) because I used to have a nice office, but then my partner now works from home also. So. that thing there's an assumption isn't there I think when you're self-employed that you're sat at home you know like I think Harry Bradshaw's got a lot to answer for on many levels I do love sex in the city but that image of sitting at the window the with it yeah I do that's the thing I can't help it I do love it but you know sat at the window with her laptop open and you just see yes. postures all over the you couldn't sit like that for a long time <laughs> <laughs> or you read a lot of articles don't you about how to have the best home working experience and there's you know, or five desks to get. And actually all these desks are like basically dressing tables. And you're sort of like, yeah. this isn't the reality or it is the reality because actually we're all working at our old, my current desk is an old table we were using. It's the old dining table, but it's mm-hmm. being adapted. But yeah, currently it's the old dining table. It's in an office space, but yeah, it's sort of a work in progress really. And I think a lot of people assume that we've sort of got these glorious setups and that kind of thing. <laughs> is, the, is the art by you though, Samantha? I wanted to ask if it's your artwork. Um, it is a mixture of my artwork and artwork that I purchased. Brilliant. And do you share, th- do you share your artwork? If, well, at the end, I'll get you to tell everyone, both of you, all the social media. So if you do share your artwork online, then obviously you can say at the end where you... Where you share. I, I do not, actually. No. Um, art, art for me is a stress reliever and like a hobby that I really, really enjoy. Mm. But it's more just for me personally. Yeah. You mean you haven't made a new business out of it? Aren't free <laughs> you know what? Andrea and I, Andrea and I have both created a lot of different businesses during yeah. our lifetime. And yeah. so who's to say it, it might be somewhere next for me, but not right now. Cool. No, so I think that's another assumption about freelancers, isn't it? That everything we do has to be a, every, every extra thing is like, well, maybe that's my new, my new project. Maybe that's my new business. It's like, no, it's right. just a hobby. new revenue stream. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which, hey, I totally support multiple revenue streams and doing what you need to, to, you know, yes, yeah. get your money. Yeah, if someone offered you a million pounds for one of your paintings, it would say, no, 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 I don't sell my art. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be packaging it up and shipping it very, very fast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, makes, that leads me on to asking about sort of self-care and, and non-work time. You, you mentioned that obviously art there. I wondered if there's anything for both of you that is really key like a bit of a deal breaker in terms of how you balance work and life and mental health really as well and kind of keeping well because yeah it must be very intense for the business etc you know as you're building it how, how do you find balance and relax and, and connect yeah I think uh, nature and physical activity is something that's incredibly important to both of us mm-hmm. and we both prioritize that within our days yeah. um And I have a little garden in the backyard. So when I start to get stressed at my desk, I will just go take 10 minutes and deadhead some flowers. And it's oddly therapeutic for me. Um, You know, as you know, we both have dogs. And so we both do a lot of dog walks. And those, for me, that's like getting outside and moving my body and getting a little snuggle from the dog or the baby um, is definitely, definitely helps my mental health during the day. Yeah, that's great. I'm yeah. It's proven mental health benefits, doesn't it? The idea of you know, going out and getting in the garden, because for a start, you can't have your phone generally, you know, you're pruning, yeah. you're digging. Yeah. I find gardening very therapeutic and houseplants as well. I don't know mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> I'm a, I'm turning into a plant lady over here. So my, <laughs> My houseplants are just constantly expanding and now people are buying me houseplants as gifts. 
or, you know, just at, at any time. And so, yes, plants, plants are big. And I will say, you know, it can be for me personally, although I'm good at setting boundaries, if I don't add some like formality around it, I can be really bad at stepping away from my computer. So I actually, um, and this, it's funny because it, it sounds ri- very rigid to a lot of my friends and family mm-hmm. who I tell that I do this, but I honestly, I block out time on my calendar in advance for things like self-care and social time and fun mm-hmm. and relaxation. Yeah. And I know, I know that seems strange because, you know, I'm also working on listening to my body and just doing those things when it feels right. But if I'm feeling you know, really excited about that, something that we're doing at work, I can totally get lost in sitting at my desk from 8am to 6pm. And I don't want to do that because I know that that leads to burnout and will make me tired in the days coming. And so a lot of times I just, I I sort of have a recipe that I follow where I want to do a certain amount of social activities a week. I want to get in a certain amount of physical activity per week. Mm -hmm. I want to do like at least one self-care thing. And that keeps me balanced long-term, which is what I'm really focused on. So it's not so much about like the day-to-day, but what I know that I need long-term to maintain balance and to maintain excitement about building the business. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're, it's, it's funny, you know, we'll have a rough day. In fact, we were talking about this on Monday and Samantha was like, we just have to put it all into perspective. So the product has only been live for about three months. Mm. She's like, we're three months into, you know, a five, 10 year project, you know, (laughs) whatever it is, you know, or a lifetime, you know, we're so, this is so early. So you have to put it into perspective and to Sam's point where you have to, you really have to focus on like kind of the preventative care for your Mm -hmm. mental health and your body, because we're in this for the long haul. Exactly. Um, Some days are going to be rough. Some days are going to be great. um, But we have to make sure that we're there to support each other in the years to come. I love the idea of preventative because often we do something to do with self-care after a moment of crisis, don't we? And for some people that might be that it's an episode of anxiety or serious depression. And then we look for help. Then we reach mm-hmm. out, perhaps hopefully people will do that. And, but actually it's kind of thinking, well, hold on, perhaps, you know, planning your month, for example, if you're a woman and thinking, well, actually at that point, I'm going to be feeling perhaps a certain way. And yeah, if you've got a big project coming up thinking, well, what should I do before Rather than yes. I think I'm often the kind of person that's like, oh, I'm feeling really exhausted. Perhaps I should go and do some yoga rather than saying, well, if I schedule in some yoga, I'm not going to get to the point where I'm like, oh God, help. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's, that is my goal. And it doesn't always, you know, it doesn't always ring true. It's not always preventative of mm-hmm. any stress or any burnout, mm-hmm. but I really do think it helps. Like when I, when I get off course and say I have a week that I don't see any friends and I don't have any social time, I can feel it. I can feel that I'm not as inspired, you know, just having those conversations really, really helps me. So I do try to maintain some scheduling. I love yeah. That. Well, and it's, it's beneficial for the business, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of tied to the point I was making earlier. We get inspiration in different aspects of our lives for our business. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's important for us to give our brains a break and allow some of those creative juices to flow outside of the office mm. um, to help us move, move Harlow forward. Yeah. yeah, we actually, when it, since Andrew and I have been creating Harlow, we actually, when we hired our first full-time employee, um, we put together company policies right away because we wanted to maintain this element in Harlow of putting humans first and focusing on well-balanced lives. And 
I think the exact phrase is we're all better and more creative people when we are well balanced and refreshed. Mm -hmm. So with that, we say, so if you want to go on that two hour lunch, go on that two hour lunch. If you work best from two to five in the afternoon, work from two to five in the afternoon. If you want to do yoga every morning at 10 a.m., do yoga every morning at 10 a.m. Like you are going to be much more excited about what we're building and why and be more into it if you feel good. One of my immediate feelings inside when you were saying that was, but I've got to be at my desk, like the guilt of it's naughty to be doing something at 10 a.m. because you should be at your desk, <laughs> that kind of mentality. of, And I even get this when I walk my dogs and I'm not back by like half nine. I think, oh no, it's nearly 10. And it's like, well, hey, for a lot of people, 10 is late to start. That's the media. That's the world I've grown mm -hmm. up in as a journalist is like, well, we all start at 10 anyway. Um, but yeah, would you have any advice for people who are thinking, I can't possibly do that? How can I break from this cycle of, and, and feeling bad about the idea of, of scheduling in their own time around mm -hmm. work? So I think it's a mindset issue, right? I think that we have, we've all grown up working in organizations where the expectation that we, was, that we were working nine to five. Yeah. And that is, I mean, I will say like, that's why we go into freelancing so that we can get away from those norms and those standards that didn't work for us or that we didn't like. And so getting into the mindset that, I own my business and it's better for my business if I do the things that make me happy during the schedule in which I work best, right? And I will say, this is another, uh, another you know, way that community can really come into play is there are a ton of people talking about this, talking about leaning into when and how they work best. And so starting to see other people do that and having those conversations can be really helpful to get away from that guilt. And I will say, I mean, I know Andrew and I both went through that type of guilt when we were first starting out and even working with one another. We're like, Hey, is my schedule working for you? You know, what, what's going on? And both of us were like, yeah, no, I trust you fully. You're going to work when you work best. You're going to get what you need done. We can do that. Yeah. And our, and our so, schedules aren't the same. They're not, they're not. I'm a, I'm a morning person. I'm hyperproductive in the morning. Like get me started at eight, eight thirty, mm -hmm. And then by about two thirty in the afternoon, I, I can get, you know, those annoying little tasks marked off of my list, but don't ask me to do anything really thoughtful. Mm -hmm. Whereas Samantha, two o'clock in the afternoon lately has been like hyper productive, deep thinking time for her. So we communicate a lot asynchronously, you know, over Slack and email, we send each other audio clips when we need to, you know, when writing is too much and stuff like that. But we do try and respect each other's work schedule and we talk about it a lot. So we, we talk about, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I've realized about how I work. So I'm going to try this and try and support each other in that. I think open dialogue is huge. Whether yeah. you're having open dialogue with the people that you're working with or your clients or your community, whoever it is, like, I think a lot of us think that somebody else is not going to understand it or understand the way that we work or the ways in which that in which we're productive, but more often than not, other people will understand. We're mm -hmm. all, we are all humans. And yeah. so we have to, we have to have those conversations to make it feel normal. Oh, that's right. really lovely. I love the idea as well of like, if everyone could be like that, think how fluid and brilliant everything would be because everyone would be working at some point in the day or night and things would 
like my hands have started moving as if there's a wave or a wheel or something. No <laughs> people can't see because it's an, an audio, it's a podcast. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I just got a real idea of flow of like, well, you're doing yes. your bit there and you're doing your bit there and you're getting yourself caring. And suddenly, it, like the cogs of a machine, it's like they've all been oiled and it all becomes a lot smoother. Right. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure you have moments, right? If you're sitting at your desk from, you know, nine to five, there's definitely a part in the day, I'm guessing every single day mm-hmm. that you're sitting there thinking, I don't want to work. I'm not motivated. I, or you try and do a task and it takes you five times <laughs> what it should normally mm-hmm. take you, you know, instead of, instead of feeling like I have to sit at my computer during that time, what if you, what if you stepped away? What if you got outside in your garden? Mm. Um, you know, ate a nourishing lunch, I don't know, did something that fulfilled you. And then when you come back, you find that you're rejuvenated and you have more energy to put back into to the task at hand. Yeah, I think you're so right. And often I find when I step away, the thoughts come. Like I've said on Instagram stories before, I'll actually walk around or often when I'm driving somewhere, I'll, I'll say things out loud. So if I'm thinking of a blog post, for example, or a pitch, I'll talk it out. People will be looking yeah. in the traffic lights and think, oh my goodness, that girl's really talking to herself, a woman's really talking to herself. But yeah, I'll, I'll sort of, you know, yeah, the minute you're not staring at the screen, like we were saying yep. in the beginning, you're getting away from other people's agenda. You can see yours more clearly, perhaps. Absolutely. I will say I come up with a lot of my social posts, and this is going to sound kind of strange, but when I'm in the tub. I love, oh, no. I love, to make, I love, I love taking like bubble baths and I will have my phone next to me and I'll just be sitting there and I'll be like, you know what, I should write that down and I should share that with my community. I think that will be relevant to them, right? And I will like, I'll, I just have notes in my phone that I just write down all these ideas I have that whether it's in the shower or the tub or a lot of times when I'm on my morning walks, mm-hmm. that's when a lot of things come to me. Like I don't just sit down and write social posts at my computer at 10 a.m. That's not how my brain works, right? I take all of these experiences that I'm having and pull them in during these off times when I'm feeling more inspired. Yeah. You need some, um, my little nephew who's five has got some crayons that he has for drawing on the, anyone, anyone? Oh, on the tub. Yeah. On the tub, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should just have like a, just a, a chalkboard next to my tub where I can yeah, things down. Yeah, like some whiteboard markers that they work on the uh-huh. tub, maybe. There you go. I love that. <laughs> oh, before we wrap up and I get you to tell everybody all about Harlow and anything else you'd like to share, obviously everything you want to share, you're very welcome to tell everybody all the places they can find you both and Harlow. Um, I just wondered if you both had one piece of advice for people with community in mind. So obviously your, your business is about community and helping freelancers. Perhaps if people are thinking of starting a community or they're nervous to join a community, what would sort of be your piece of advice for people about, about engaging with or, or getting into communities as a freelancer? Samantha, would you like to go first? Yeah. Um, I will say that there are a lot of communities out there for freelancers. So there are some social communities, there are Slack communities, there are Discord communities, they're all over the place. And not every community is going to be right for you. And that's okay. I think community is really about digging in and finding people that like share common values and are asking the same questions as you are. And so, you know, as you're like, as you're looking for your community, don't you know, don't be deterred if the first community that you join isn't exactly right for you. There are a ton of communities and we actually, we have a full blog post that just outlines all of these really good communities that we find for freelancers that they can try. But you know, there are 15 communities in there and you're not gonna be a part of every single community, but there are tons of options. And, you know, I will just throw out a few communities that I really love and that I've seen work really well for other people in our community. Um, Peak Freelance 
-hmm. is um, a community by Michael Keenan and Elise Dobson. It's there to help freelance writers uh, make more money and actually build out their businesses. Um, I, I've been part of their community. We've done stuff with them and I think they're really wonderful. Freelance Twitter, honestly, mm -hmm. like um, Michelle Garrett actually runs freelance chat. What is it? Every Thursday morning at like 10 a.m. Pacific time. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of really good, hot, important topics are talked about there. Those are just, those are just a couple, right? There are like 15, 20, 50 communities yeah. out there for freelancers. So just, you know, start digging around and just figure out the one that's right for you. I would say um, it's not just about about getting it's also about about giving yes. um you yes. know and that's something that i think was super helpful to our business when we were freelancing is that we loved recommending other freelancers if something came our way and it wasn't a good fit for us rather than just saying no say no but here are four people that could potentially help you. Would you like an introduction? Um, it feels really, it feels really good to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and then, and that helps you to build a community because some people aren't necessarily just going to start like posting a bunch of stuff on Twitter. Like that's not, that's not me. That's not how I engage in my community, but mm -hmm. there are different ways to engage and just don't forget to, um, to also give back to your community. It will make it richer. I think that's yeah, such like, lovely advice. That's brilliant. And it makes me think yeah. as actually we connected because you tweeted, didn't you? And said, yeah. hey, this is what we do. Would anyone like to chat? Does anyone want a podcast? Does anyone want to, to work with us? And sort of, you know, as in, you know, tell people about us. And I was like, yeah, do you know what? Fair play, actually. <laughs> right? And kudos for saying that. So, yeah, I guess it's about having a go as well, isn't it? It's like putting your head yeah. up. The, the level and going hi I'm gonna have a go I'm gonna say something and just see what might happen be brave yeah, absolutely yeah lovely brilliant so if people would like to come and find you and join or follow and etc etc et um where can they find everything to do with with Harlow tell us everything you'd like everybody to know and we can put that in the show <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So you can go to the website. It's meetharlow.com. That's where you can sign up for the product and go to our resources section. So in our resources section, we cover everything from, you know, freelance 101, what you need when you're just getting started building your business down to negotiating rates with clients, down to how and what to include in your proposal, you know, kind of everything in between. So that's a really great place for freelancers, whether you're a beginner or intermediate to go. Um, you can also follow us on social. So Harlow Social specifically is talking freelance boundaries, flexibility. We're advocating for other freelancers and highlighting people that you should be aware of, you know, every single day. So that is um, at Meet Harlow and that we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn. We are newly on TikTok and building <laughs> up our presence there. Um, and then you can also, you can also find and follow me. So I'm talking about topics that are very, very similar with maybe a few like margaritas and martinis um, <laughs> thrown in. But um, my, my Twitter handle is just at Samantha Anderl. Brilliant. And do you have a, an individual one as well, Andrea, that you'd like to share? Is anything? I do. I am at the littlest flea. Oh, flea. <laughs> like a little flea. The, like yeah. a little flea. I'm very petite. Oh, I love it. Andrea is about about five feet tall. <laughs> about. She is she is a small person with big energy. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Flea. That's so yeah. I, just, I love that. It's really cute. 
Yeah, you know, I just couldn't bring myself to like move over to a professional handle. So I decided I wasn't going to do it. Yeah. Is there a flea but, emoji? That's my thought now. I don't think there is. I feel like I would have seen it by now, but yeah, I'm going to go look. To create a little flea emoji if there isn't one. Yeah. <laughs> you have your Feature request. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's been an absolute pleasure. I, I would say good night because in the UK it's nearly half past six, but for you guys, your day is just beginning. So thank you for Indeed. starting your day off. And then, and then when the episode is out, it will be your birthday. So happy birthday. Thank um, you. Thank I you. look forward to seeing Harlow grow and develop into the future. It's been a real pleasure to chat to you. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you so, you much, so much, much for having us. My pleasure. Have a great. good day.